So, you know, a lot of kids' parents very excited getting uh, rushed off to the pharmacy and getting shots into kids in this mass vaccination campaign across the country. And my next guest says, you know, enough with the mania of vaccines that it's time for better leadership and debate on who actually needs them. And uh, the reality is we have no long-term data when it comes to kids and these vaccines or even data to back up the actual need for kids to be getting them. And yet now Dr. Tam's calling for toddlers and babies to get shots. And she calls it a turning point of this pandemic. Um, Given the hesitancy, and there are many, many parents who are hesitant, they just don't talk about it, but they're hesitant about putting it into their kids 5 to 11. I mean, can you imagine the hesitancy parents will feel about putting a rather unknown vaccine into babies? I am in no way an anti-vaxxer. I am fully vaccinated. But I find it bizarre to be rushing something like this into toddlers, especially when we do know that the vaccines we're using lose efficacy after a certain point of time. So, you know, if children are not getting severely ill with this virus and we have no data reporting children dying, why with so many unknowns would we not be questioning Dr. Tam on the need to rush vaccines into really, really young kids? Urban Students, president of the Institute for 21st Century Questions, editor-in-chief and publisher of Global Brief magazine and chair of the Worldwide Commission to Educate All Kids post-pandemic. His latest book, Canada Must Think for Itself, 10 Theses for Our Country Survival and Success This Century. Good to have you, Irvin. Thanks for having me back, Alex. You have penned a number of articles of late demanding that those in charge be called to account. So you... Put your target uh, and focus on uh, Dr. Karen Moore, uh, the chief medical officer of health, the medical officers of health across this province. And now you are, are you know, targeting or, or looking at, at Dr. Tam because you, you see this as mania that is preventing kind of common sense leadership. That's right. First of all, my, my critiques are never personal, even though I put our name um, by necessity, because we've got to that point in the mania, the critique is never personal, strictly professional and policy oriented. So mm-hmm. I started with the medical officers of health for going above and beyond in the context of the mania at local levels, imposing huge strictures on kids, on businesses, well beyond the reasonable, well beyond what was guide, the, the guidance provided for by, by Ontario. Then I, 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 I demanded the resignation of Kieran Moore for overseeing the entire edifice of mania within Ontario. And now at the national level, where the mania continues, I'm also not anti-vax at all. I led the first major vaccine summit in the country, bringing together experts from around the world. What we do not do well in Canada is not just not vaccinate. We, we, we vaccinate with mania. So the mania is an energy that's released alongside of the vaccination campaign that bleeds into every aspect of life, the family life, education, business it's not like the vaccine of old where you get it, you forget you forget that you even had it, and you move on with life. Here we've fetishized it, and the vaccine becomes the end in and of itself. And we move down the, the, the age chain uh, to, to toddlers and, and babies. Fair enough, there's reason for hesitancy there. But what I'm most concerned about is the mania that's launched with the next campaign around the bend, and, and the next campaign, the next campaign. And then we make vaccination the center of life, COVID the center of life, while the country crumbles around us because there are about six or seven mm-hmm. national systems crises in the country. 
Yeah, and, and I'll get to that in, in, in the other crises in just a second. But as you know, Irvin, this issue has become very, very political, much in part thanks to the prime minister who used this as a weaponization during the election uh, to score political points. Uh, so it's a very political and divisive issue. To even question it gets you labeled with. I mean, I, I will get 20 emails after this segment um, talking about how irresponsible I am to question anything and just do what you're told. I mean, that's the kind of climate we are uh, living in instead of saying, OK, what what is the data telling us? What is what is the actual need here? Is it smarter to put these vaccines into children who aren't presenting or get them into older people like those at the nursing homes who really are the, the at most threat? I think that's a, that's a very reasonable debate. It's a debate we would have had in 2019 when we were sane as a country in the context of mania. <laughs> What I find is missing is is, is um, the balance of energies. So facts don't matter as much. Reason doesn't matter. It's an energy that uh, suggests that the balance of, of power is on the side of the dogma of vaccination and vaccination as an end in and of itself rather than vaccination to get us back to pre-pandemic normal or a reasonable sense of normal. I'm for the normal, mm-hmm. but it requires real thinking. And it requires us to understand, again, in 2019 terms, that vaccination is just one tool amongst many to get us out of the pandemic. It's not a tool for everybody. Even those who are vaccinated still can obviously contract, uh, transmit and get ill. And there will be vaccine resistant mutations. I'm sure we'll get to that around the band. Everybody understands that. So the reasonable approach in the end is to protect the vulnerable and everyone else get going as we should have when we saw the profile of the, of the virus early on. And yet we're stuck in this loop that suggests we're not using it as a means to an end. It is the end. Amare usque admare usque ad vaccinare, as I suggested in the piece. Yeah, you know, um, and it's it's a little odd. I mean, I don't know if you heard my opening, but like we, we've got this new variant and, and like the breathless like hysteria over the last three or four days. I mean, I'm not losing sleep over at night. But I am going to keep an eye on it. But I think this far into it, we should have a grasp on how to roll with the punches of this. But, you know, as you point out, we have a lot of other issues in this country. The uh, historic education crisis that has not reared its ugly hell, uh, head uh, and won't probably for years. Um, the economic and fiscal, uh, you know, volatility. We've got a dangerous national unity issue, widespread institutional collapse, you say, and an ever-growing social crisis. You know, we've got foreign affairs issues. Um, you know, but COVID just people either seem hypnotized by it or, um, you know, we've been kind of beaten into submission of just going along with it. But we do have a lot of other things going on in this country that we also have to focus on while dealing with a pandemic. We have to understand we are in an information space in, in North America that with the greatest respect to all our 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 media class, our political class, is really boils down to, to two platforms, Twitter and Facebook. I'm on that. You're on that. Everybody, the prime minister is on that. If Twitter and Facebook go yeah. off, the prime minister has That'd no mechanism to speak to the country. So <laughs> My dream for 2022 that it blows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And then, and, then, and then what happened was that in, in, in late last year, early this year, I know for a fact because I was dealing with the uh, Facebook senior officials on this the, the, the problem of children out of school, we need to get the message out. And they said at the last minute, Irvin, we want to do this, but we got to move to vaccines. We're doing vaccines, vaccines. And now I realize that if the autocrats of the 20th, 20th century would say, late 20th century would say, give me control of television, I will tell you what the people think and how they speak, 
it is very much the case in the early 20th century, 21st century, that if the, if the two social media platforms say we're doing vaccines, whatever the motive, even under panic, then that is what we will all say until we realize uh, better or until they stop. And obviously they're not going to stop, mm-hmm. so we need to realize better. And that's where the political correction needs to come. The call for the resignation comes from the fact that our own leaders, scientific and political alike and administrative, are just proliferating the media. They're just retweeting uh, the message by which they're already easily captured without even realizing it, yeah. without even realizing these other crises that are much, much bigger than COVID. Well, why talk about inflation, economy and all these other things when you can yell, over there, more COVID, just be distracted. I'm out of time on this. Irvin, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Likewise. Thanks, Alex. Irvin Student's a president of the Institute for 21st Century Questions, and he's got his latest book if you want to read, Canada Must Think for Itself, 10 Theses for a Country's Survival and Success This Century. Stay with us here. Alex Pearson on point, and this is Global News Radio.